at First Lutheran Church in Minot, North Dakota. The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the 10th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. They came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho. Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, Call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, My teacher, let me see again. Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Well, do you remember that old camp song, The blind man stood by the road and he cried... You guys remember that one? Some of you maybe do, maybe some of you don't. I think that that song was actually based on our gospel reading for this morning. So what I would like to actually invite us to do is to imagine, let our minds wander for just a minute. I know you don't often get to hear the the idea of letting your mind wander during the sermon, but let's imagine for a few moments, if you will, that you are actually Bartimaeus. You are blind Bart, you can't see. And not only that, you actually once could see. You had your sight at one point in time, and over the course of months, you slowly lost your ability to see, ultimately resulting in you losing your your ability to look around the world that you lived in. Now, this has consequences for you in your life. You lose your job, your family, your home, your support. Everything you once knew before is now gone, and everything is different. So different, in fact, that you are not only um, have lost your sight, you are now on the street begging for scraps and loose change day after day. People now simply refer to you as that blind beggar. Or if you're lucky and somebody actually does remember you or know you, they just call you Blind Bart. Now you have often, while sitting there, wondered to yourself if your blindness was your fault. Or even if it was God who was punishing you or maybe your father or some other relative like your dad Tim Timius that we had heard about in the story, your dad Tim maybe had done something long ago, and now you were paying the consequence for it. And while you sit there, you just think, it doesn't seem fair. Why me? Why do you have to suffer with this affliction when other people who you know are corrupt and who are selfish, who are greedy, who are just all around jerkheads, they seem to be doing just fine? It's not fair. 
But as you're sitting there begging and hoping to get enough to make it through yet another day, you start hearing rumblings with your focused hearing that you now have. You hear people talking about this guy. Is it Jesus that you've heard about? And he's from a town called Nazareth? That little place? But you hear it over and over again. This Jesus seems to be doing some pretty amazing things out in the world. You actually overhear one person swearing that this is a true story, that this Jesus character had actually fed 4,000 people out in the wilderness with only seven loaves of bread. And you think to yourself, well, that seems impossible. How could he do that? But then you hear more. You overhear another person mention that this same Jesus actually had cast out demons from a boy who was unable to speak. And then later in the week, you hear about how a woman who had been suffering with bleeding for years and years, who had apparently tried everything and every doctor she could find for healing, simply went up to this Jesus, touched his cloak, and she received a full healing from her disease. Now, all of these stories, as you hear them, the rumblings on the street, all of them get you pretty excited and interested in learning more about who this Jesus is. You want to meet him, actually, see what he could do for you. And lo and behold, a little later that will happen. But first, just maybe a few days later, again, you hear another story about Jesus, but this time you hear something that's new and it takes your breath away. You hear a crowd over, you overhear a crowd talking about how some friends of theirs a few towns over had brought one of their friends to Jesus and he was blind. And Jesus took this guy and somehow restored his sight so that he could see. He gave sight, Jesus gave sight to another blind person just like you. And all of a sudden you feel something that you haven't felt in a long time. Hope maybe even some excitement. I mean, just hearing about what Jesus has been doing brings you this sense of optimism and hope and expectation that you have not felt in a long time. And all of a sudden, you have a sliver of hope that your life, your life might actually change. So then it happens. A few weeks later, as you're sitting in your regular spot begging for scraps, you hear a rumor that Jesus is in the town that you live in, Jericho, and that he is headed along the road that is coming past you. And so you get excited, so excited. You know the odds are slim to none that he'll even come near you within shouting distance, but that doesn't matter. You have a chance at being restored. Your life could change forever, and you don't want to let this opportunity pass So you can't believe it when you hear a large crowd of people coming your way and you hear the name Jesus, the great rabbi, the Messiah, over and over being mentioned. And you decide that this is your chance. You don't know where this Jesus is, but you're going to go all in. And you shout out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now you're kind of surprised in the moment at what you're saying. You're surprised and because you said son of David, but it feels so right to you to say that, that you figure this Jesus who's doing all these things clearly must be the Messiah. He must be from the lineage of David. So you keep shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. 
Now, the crowd and some of the disciples tell you to be quiet, to quit being annoying, to shush your mouth. They say, don't bother the teacher with your incessant screaming, someone says to you. The teacher doesn't have time for you. We're going somewhere special, you hear them say. Someone else mentions that Jesus doesn't have time for people like you. And one even says, why would the Messiah take time for a beggar? He has more important things to do and more important people to talk to. But you decide you're not going to let any of their comments deter you. In fact, they motivate you to cry out even louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. Again and again you cry. You don't care what other people think about you or what they say about you. Your only focus is Jesus. And then something else happens. You didn't really know what to expect from your shouting, but lo and behold, something happens. Everyone in the crowd stops moving instantly, and things get really quiet. Then the murmurs start, and before you know it, people are saying, Bart, you're not going to believe this, but Jesus is asking for you. You're so amazed, so excited that you drop your cloak, instantly hop up to your feet and make your way as fast as you can over to where you think Jesus is with the help and guidance of some people along the way. And you stand there and you hear Jesus' voice directed at you personally. To you and to you alone, Jesus asks, what do you want me to do for you? Now in a voice you sense, and in Jesus' voice, you sense so much compassion and truth and authority. You reply with the one thing you've wanted all along. You imagine that I could ask for king or to be seated at the right hand of God, as some of the disciples had done earlier. But it all seems so surreal that all you can do is go to the core of your heart, to the thing that you really just want the most, and you say, my teacher. Let me see again. And then there's a pause that seems like forever and yet only a heartbeat all at the same time. And then Jesus says, Go, your faith has made you whole. And in the literal blink of an eye, your vision is filled with light and then shapes and then faces. You can see again. Your life is changed. Jesus has fulfilled your request. And as you are taking this all in, you realize that there is only one possible thing for you to do next. You leave your old life behind you, and you walk and follow Jesus down the road to whatever lies ahead. So I wonder what you might have heard or thought or felt differently in my little attempt here to retell this story from Scripture. Did anything hit your heart or your mind in a new way? As I allowed myself to enter this story, I was struck simply by three quotes that are in here. And if you would like, I invite you to grab your bulletin or if you're at home, your Bible or wherever you may be, grab, uh, grab the Scripture and circle these three things and or anything else that struck you. But the three things that stuck out to me was Bart's screaming prayer, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Maybe circle that. The other thing that struck me was Jesus' direct question to Bart. What do you 
want me to do for you? And then the third, the message that the crowd delivers to Bart as he sits there, scream praying. They say to him, take heart, get up, Jesus is calling you. So as you highlight those three things, or maybe some other part of the story that stuck out to you, I hope that it will sit with you this week as you remember God's love for you in Christ, our call to live as faithful Christians in the world, and that we may be like Bart, that we may have the hope and the expectation that indeed God can change us, that our faith can make us whole. May we dwell in these promises this day and always.